and welcome in to another episode of Facts Not Feelings with your host, Brooke Furnest. Each week, I sit down with experts in their respected fields as we discuss how we can move this wonderful automotive industry forward by differentiating facts from feelings. We dive into my guests' secrets to success and how they got to where they are today. All right, let's jump in. Well, hello, 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 everyone. After a little bit of some technical difficulties, we are officially live. Wow. Yes, very, very excited about this. And really, before we go live anymore, I do feel like I have to do this, though. You do? Now, yeah. I, I do. Now, now I'm officially do. live. And I kind of, I, I don't really have a mustache, so I can go like this. Right <laughs> t- we'll take it. We'll accept it. So now, now I can be officially part of the crew. I don't, you know, I, I kind of can. I, I know there's more than, it's, it's a branding thing. So it's not just for people out there that think, and I can't remember who said this out there, that's, oh, it's just a hat and it's just a shirt. It's more than that. So I do want to make it very, very clear. It's not just the hats. It's not just the shirts. It's not just the beards. It's a lifestyle. It's a branding thing. It, it is. It is everything. But I do feel like I have to have this. So I was like it's going through. Like, I, my, I don't it's, have it's anything. A so it's a oh, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, big shout out to Fuse for the hat because I, I I definitely don't have any black billed hats. So thank you, Fuse, for the hat. Appreciate it. So <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, so I'm so excited. And unless you've lived under a rock and you're not on social media, I don't know where you've been. But we do have Paul and we have Kyle from Osoto. And man, the comments are just rolling in right now. So we're just going to, we're going to throw them all up here right now. So yes, just thank you so much for being on the show. So, so excited to be, have you all on here, getting all the technical difficulties out of the way. And I'm looking at myself right now and looking how insane I look right now. So this is awesome and it's fantastic. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> I, I just saw, I was like, I was you like, should have oh, just been God. like this. We all got Nikes on, okay? Yeah, Sound right. good, everybody? <laughs> oh, don't worry. We are getting to that question. Don't you worry. <laughs> so. right, right now, Brooke like she's, looks like she's about to walk out of her office, like grab a deck and like go down the half pipe. Yes. I know. Oh, <laughs> it's I, perfect. I, I do miss my snowboarding days, though. That is so, 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 so Okay, true. we pegged it. We pegged it. Yeah. Yes. I, I did start off. I started off uh, skiing first, and I uh, eventually switched over to snowboarding. And the last time I was snowboarding, I it was like, the la- it's always the last run of the day. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hit the, want to get to the, uh, the park and hit the park. And the next thing I remembered is I, I was going off the jump and I go, okay, my board's a little crooked. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll fix it in the air. You can't fix your board in the air in case anyone's wondering. Oh, and the next God. I remember is, is the guy I was dating at the time. He's like, hey, you okay? And I'm looking up at the, at the sky <laughs> and my board's over here and my legs over this way. I was like. Ah, oh, shit, this isn't good. Not okay. <laughs> not okay. Gonna hit the last run, but the last run hit you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, we definitely tore up the knee on that one, but that's nothing new with me. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right, but I, I digress a little bit here. So like I said, if, like, everyone knows you at this point. If they don't, I don't I don't know where they've been. I, I, I don't know where they've been at this point. But <laughs> we have Paul. We have Kyle from Asoto. Yes, the, the infamous Asoto. Paul, I, I have to say something infamous. You always have the J in your name. And I actually, I love that about you. I always put the C. It's my late mother's name was Christina. So I have her middle name. So I always put the C in my name. So I love how you always put the J. You're going to hate the story then. You're going to well, hate oh. It's not as cool as, it's not as cool. In my opinion, at least. Because I was like, y'all, dude, stage name. That's practical. So sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very intentional. Well, uh. it, 
PaulDaily.com was taken by some designer in Europe. And so Paul J. Daly <laughs> was available, and that was the beginning. I mean, it is my real middle initial, middle name James. My dad's name is James, so there's like that connection there. But yeah, like it just, it's just a thing. I'm not snobby about it, but it's just like, it's kind of my, my, it's my name now, Paul J. Daly. Yes, it good. works though. But I make my I, kids I call like, me by my full name, Paul J. Daly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like it's not, it's not dad. It's Paul. Come they on, call Paul me dad, J. dad, dad, J. Daly. Is your room. Make them say. Dad J. Yeah, Daly. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love it. I love it. So it's a practicality, like, yeah. really. Hey, it got the, it got you your URL. That's all that matters. It's all that, that matters. Really, that's all that matters. It's, it's, and once again, it goes back to branding. It goes back to branding. See, no, Kyle has, Kyle has a unique situation because there's only like no other people named Kyle Mounts here in the entire world, right? Literally in the world, nobody else has he my name. He is the only, you are a one of one, truly. Like verified one of one. Kyle Mounts here. So, yeah. The world's not big enough that. for two. Which, if there were two, one is, of them would have to die. Yeah, without a doubt. And it, which, is, which is dangerous, to be clear. Because you know, like, if you're one of one, it's you. you can never, like, be mistaken for that guy on Wikipedia <laughs> that did the cool thing and be, like, on the third page. Like, oh, it was, your, it like, was bad story is on the third page. I think of, I'm going to create Google. a fake Wikipedia for another Kyle Mounts here <laughs> that's just, like, the world's most interesting man that you never knew existed. <laughs> That'll be perfect. That'll be perfect. So, well, yes, yes. So, but I guess the, like for me, my name's not super common, and I, you would think like the last name always like oh it's furnace, you know, like the heater yeah, spelled differently. Mm -hmm. The amount of times, and I get like furnace, like Kyle, our names are not easy to spell. Brooke, uh, uh, growing up, man, they could never spell my name right. I had teachers, and my name's not no. like Brooke. It's like okay, I could see leaving the e off. People could not spell my, my teachers couldn't spell my name right. I had one, I had one kid that thought my name was broccoli. I go, how did you get broccoli out of brook? Like, Making how? Up. This Making is degrading my faith in humanity as we I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a little, a little, a little, little different. We've got, you know, we uh, yes, you definitely, uh, uh, we need it. We need a black hat. It's true. That's a black hat community here. I'm sorry. You gotta be this black cool hats, right. The black hats. <laughs> Black community here, yeah, it's it a little difficult here. So, eh, but th th such is life. So I've gotten used to the fact that my. Uh, so funny story on the on the last name. My mother was it was during a telemarketer back in landline days when you had the landline and could only walk so far without getting yanked back to the wall. And she's she's very calm. And the telemarketer, she, I could just see her steam starting to come out out of her ears. And the telemarketer, she's like trying to spell the last name. So obviously my first couple initials, you have to be very careful how you say those. So she's like, F you as an umbrella, you as an umbrella. So whenever I spell my name now, my mom always was like, you got to be really careful, Brooke, how you, you know, when you do that pause, it's got to be F you are. Right, right, right. Unless you're mad at someone, then it's fine. Then it's fine. It's like that old school commercial. I don't know if you. I don't. I don't know how. Old, I know how old Kyle is, but there was a commercial, and it was the the phrase was "Make seven up yours," oh, and the guy made a T-shirt. It said "Make seven, and in the back it said "Up yours," up right? Yours. And he didn't understand why everybody was upset That's with him. That's a great so. commercial. That's <laughs> a great so, commercial. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's circle back here a little bit. I I I know I went off a whole on a like a whole set like you said up to seven up yours, which was fan 
I think I actually had that t-shirt. Perfect. At one point. Perfect segue. Right. The perfect, perfect segue about seven up yours into, into you all. So <laughs> going back to a little bit, <laughs> all, we have no holding bars on the, on the show in case you guys didn't know that, but we, anything Kinda goes on, this, on the show. Kind of yeah, noticed. It's all good. Kind of noticed. We like to keep it interesting. Paul, for anyone that doesn't know you, you are an OG. You've been around, been around the block a little bit. You've been in the industry for 20 years. You, if memory serves me, you sold your startup and then ended up writing Automotive Manifesto, correct? Mm-hmm. From yep. the, I'm slotting this a little bit here, trying to do this from memory. And then you- You're doing good. At the end of the day is that it's branding, branding, branding with both of you. And then you are a Gary V. I'll say Gary V. Baby is that you've just, a, you've, you just took his truck to him. <laughs> For lack of better words, all all the graphics are just stacking up in my mind. Oh, what, our, what our team would do to this dialogue oh, right now? That's kind of what I'm kind of helping you. Like, I expect to see a lot of freaking content off this. Is all I'm going to say because the content that you all do is phenomenal. So I want to see like diapers. I want to see like a little truck, a little baby, and a truck driving around. The, uh, yeah, to no, exactly. Yeah, you're in my head. <laughs> we're we're already there. We're already there. I, I'm trying to help. That's all I'm doing. I'm here for us. I'm here for you guys. <laughs> and then from there, obviously, you started Asoto, which is the first dealer-owned media publishing company, which is absolutely phenomenal. And then, obviously, you touched on I love that you have the J in there. And then we have Kyle. I forgot to say your title because, obviously, titles are so important to both of you, as I know so we, much. Titles are so titles. important. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we have CE, CEO and then uh, CEO and Kyle. And Kyle, you've been on the front lines since I think like 2000. <laughs> Hold up, I gotta throw this one up here. <laughs> 2000, yeah, 2009. I think uh, the most interesting. Man. Yeah, I love it. Uh, of course, he would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got another good one up here. We're, the comment, the great comments are just rolling in right now. Uh, Kyle, CEO, and the in in the in the show notes, we've got the links to all of your social pages and to your book, Paul, as well. But like I said, Kyle, you've been on the front lines of the dealership, which is so, there's one thing to work in the industry and to, and to do the marketing, but to actually be on the front lines of the dealership world, that is, that speaks volumes because you've been in the trenches, you know what it's like. And then to be able to, to relate that to someone, it, it just, that, like I said, it speaks volumes. If you've done that, you're the founder at Auto Genius, you've co-founded Contagious. And then, I mean, I'll speak for myself as I see you at every conference, you're talking at conferences, you're at national conferences, you've done workshops for national automotive conferences. So like I said, you guys are everywhere. And then cue the music, dun, 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 a Soto. I mean, well, I, I, at this point, we all know what a Soto yeah, is, but so, talk a little bit about Soto. So, yeah. So really like a Soto was, and, and still is, um, speaking of babies, right? Uh, Paul's Stop. kind of Sick. there. He goes right. Yeah. So Paul, Paul's, uh, Paul's baby from early in the pandemic, and he can, if you want, kind of flesh out more of the story. But it's always been a a a, a piece of passion for both of ours to see retail automotive succeed, and not just kind of like make it, but thrive. And so that's that's the that's the purpose of a Sodu. So what we kind of say is that a Sodu is a community-driven media publishing company. And so the idea is to build community around the idea that a conversation has to happen within automotive toward innovation and customer experience and employee experience. And 
what we do is when we don't involve the entire community, all 2.1 million people in the automotive industry, is we actually slow down innovation. If only a small subset are thinking about the most forward-thinking things, EVs, customer experience, single point of contact, technology experiences, APIs, if there's only a small subset, like the you know the upper echelon, top 150, 200,000 of those people, if that's all that's talking about that or considering it or having conversations around it, then what we do is we lose all of the opportunity for the other 1.8 million to be impactful in the automotive community and really to understand how big of a role everybody plays in speeding up that innovation, making sure that the dealer network not only survives but thrives and so that's what we're building right we, we build it on uh, a daily email that's fun and fresh and has uh you know some fun gifs as well as just really quality content that's inside automotive and broader outlooking look at looking at like things like retail and what the kids are into you know we've got uh, not just one but two podcasts now we've got a daily podcast called the automotive troublemaker and then a, and then another podcast called auto collabs that we just launched episode two actually dropped today well episode technically one uh, we're is building it called out events, and, or yes. is it called three guys walk into a bar with beards and black shirts and flapper? <laughs> no bar, it's involved. that, but Everything it is called else. auto collabs. Yes, okay. and there are yeah. guests. Yes, okay. and there are guests. So, like you know, obviously, Paul, myself, and Michael Cirillo are hosting that. But um, the the one that went live today is actually our keynote speaker at a SotoCon uh, for Monday night, which is Jim uh, Jim McKelvey, the co-founder of Square and the writer of the New York Times bestseller, uh, The Innovation Stack. So we've got that. We've got events. We're building out other ways for communities connect across social. And just making sure that we communicate and 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 draw what we call a big circle around the entire automotive industry. So, Paul can maybe walk through a little bit, like why that got started. Like, why was it? Why was it? I guess Paul, like maybe you can kind of lean in here, so I don't have to talk the, through the whole thing. But why was it important in those early days for you to start something like this? The whole principle around like why we gather and why we're together is because we're all passionate about retail automotive. I don't know, Brooke, I don't know, did you probably didn't, you know, you were probably weren't born into the industry if is my guess is that you found it, right? Nope. At some point yep. or it found you. And there's so many of us that feel that way. And Kyle and I both came into to the industry from different angles. He came in uh, through like working at a dealership. I came in through having a, a, a business that serviced the fixed stop side of the business. And so People that are in the industry like us, right, you included, like the people in the comments section included, fall in love with the industry because they understand the importance of it in communities. They understand the impact that it could have. And let's just be honest, like it's a really fun industry. Cars are a lot of fun. And so when when as like our careers moved on, the pandemic hit and no one knew what to do. Everyone was panicking and just there was just this big sense of confusion across the country in all areas, not just in commerce and not just in the car industry. Um, but when I was on Zoom calls with people, dealers from across the country, I realized everyone felt better when they were just able to talk about what it is that they're doing or how they're handling it. And all the states were handling it in a different way. And so I just thought, how can I help serve the industry and scale that feeling in that moment on those Zoom calls? And so I just thought, I'm going to have a live stream. I'm going to give it a name. I'm going to call it Automotive State of the Union and design a logo that looks very presidential so people will think it's important, even though we had no history. Uh, we invited everybody we could and uh, you know, sent them a picture of the logo. And we're like, we're doing a thing. Look how official it is. 
and everyone showed up. Everyone said yes, right from, you know, dealing with the PR office of Rhett Reichert, who was the chairman at NADA at the time, all the way through the rank and file of the dealerships. And thousands and thousands of people showed up and everyone felt better. It's funny. It's like a time capsule now. You can go on our YouTube channel, which is asotube, A-S-O-T-U.be, and you can go watch that first event. And if you want to like a, a, sh a straight window into the mind of the automotive industry, when the pandemic lockdown start be had, watch right. that. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's a time capsule. And so we just kept having live streams and people kept showing up. And then we had a live in-person event between lockdowns in Philly. And then I met Kyle and then we had like a shared vision around this. And I had uh, someone else that believed as passionately as I did about it. And so then we formed it into a, an official company, raised some investment from seven dealer investors. So we're the only dealer owned media company. And the whole goal of the whole thing is to build, be a beacon that draws the community of people that think the way we think and believe the way we do about what the center of the automotive industry should be. And that is actually solving the consumer experience at all costs. That is why Soto exists. That's where it came from. And uh, that's also where it's going. Yeah. Well, I think I'll add to that a little bit is that it's, and you say cast that net, it's not, it's not only an automotive as, and as you said, with the daily pushback in, I've, I started making a list of everything of every place I've seen you all. We've got the daily pushback emails. You said the podcast, the live streams, the live events, a SotoCon. If you have not gotten your tickets, please go get your tickets. I mean, this is something to, to, to kind of catapult off of that a little bit more. Correct me if I'm wrong. You all are doing an event. Uh, I don't know what night it is, but it's, you don't have to have a ticket to, oh, thanks Dan, to, to the event. This is for anyone that wants to come in and it can just be, hey, I'm a porter at a store and I want to come to the event. I mean, this is casting a, not, oh, a net so wide. Hey, I'm not even in the auto industry, but I hear it's really cool. You, you're doing the clubhouse, all things use cars. I mean, you guys are once again casting that net so wide. And even, even in the promotion of, of different things you have going on, you're, you're saying, hey, what else can we do? How can we move this auto industry forward? How can we move this forward? So it, you're taking it one step further each time of saying how how can we include other people? How can we grow? How can we how can we do better? How can we make each other better? How can we make this better? So it's it's and everything you guys are doing, you you continue to do that. Hundred yeah, well, percent. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, yeah. So like it's interesting and I'll and I'll talk a little bit more about that that night event just to bring some clarity to it. But it's funny because, you know, one day we're having a conversation with Mike Stanton, the president of NADA, about what is needed from a legal perspective and how dealer networks at state associations can partner with NADA to make sure that, you know, franchise laws and, and relationships with OEMs and dealer agreements are right and tight and we can communicate that to our network. So that's a very like dealer principal GM, you know, high level conversation. And then the very next day we're over here planning a party with Nashville's hottest party band that is the night of Monday night of a SoduCon. So you do need to buy tickets to actual, like the, the daytime event stuff. But on Monday night, what we're saying is anybody in the Philadelphia area, and for that matter, if you wanna fly in for like what we think might be the best party in automotive, outside of maybe the Armadillo race at NADA this year, but if you want to, fly, <laughs> which we can get to that in a second. You had me at Armadillo. But I mean, come on. It's a, it's it, a real thing. It's a real thing. But if you want to fly in for that, or if you're anywhere within that 50 mile radius of, of Philly and just want to drive into it, we just feel like there are so many people in our industry 
that because they're just so ingrained into their dealership, their operations, what's happening on a day-to-day basis, they don't have the opportunity to kind of like get together and vibe with the rest of the industry, whatever the rest of the industry is, because we're only going to have, you know, 3,000 people there once that event turns and flips out and goes like, hey, more than the 600. And the reality, what will happen is those people will start to tell other people in the dealership or other people, man, this is just a, this is an industry that, I want to be a part of for a long time, not just like the next job to check off and I'll move on to the next thing, but that between what's going on at the dealership and what's going on in the industry as a whole, like it's sticky for people. And so that's why we're throwing an event like that and making sure that it's free. We've got some incredible partners uh, that are shouldering up to make sure that we can do that without having to charge people for that nighttime event. So it's seven, seven to 10 on September 12th. If, if you're interested and we'll be throwing out more information early next week, actually on that. But that's kind of, it's really funny because we have the dichotomy of like, we're talking to NADA president, Mike Stanton, about litigation and how we need to move that forward and OEM relationships. And over here, we're throwing a party for the entire industry, right? And everything in between. So Paul, do you want to talk more to that? I know that we, some things are out there about, you know, making sure that how the franchise retail model right now and how it needs to be a new brand or right now, or even more on like consumer perception, because when you think about it right now, I don't care if it's. We all know everyone on this on right now, we're huge sneakerheads. So that being said, let's say at any point I had a bad, bad experience. So I shocker Brooke bought a pair of Jordans shocker. I know now they were supposed to be in me and they didn't get to me in time. Now, does that mean that I'm going to stop buying Jordans? No, it's, it's I'm still going to buy Jordans. That's not going to stop me from buying Jordans. Now let's say in the car industry that maybe it's the first time that I bought uh, a Honda, let's say, but the OEM, let's say the OEM says it's going to be this price and I'm going to have this experience, but the retail at, at a store level, I have a completely different experience or whatever it may be. Anytime during that, that, that process, I have that experience. That's going to reflect on the store, not on the OEM, but on the store, but because they're all one thing, it reflects poorly. So I, I guess talk, Paul, a little bit about this. I mean, Kyle, you kind of set it up here. I'm going to lob it over to Paul on this. I would, I would say it does reflect on the OEM. If some, because I think it's easy for us to understand how the industry works. And mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of everyday consumers don't understand how the industry works. They think yep. if I go into a Honda store, I'm doing business with Honda, right? The yep. same people whose commercials I see on the Super Bowl, right? It's the same people in charge, the same hierarchy. So I think it does, which is why yep. I have empathy for the OEM um, rules and regulations and brand standards and guidelines, because if I'm Honda, I know I'm entrusting my brand experience to every Honda franchisee every single day. And there's a lot of latitude in there, right? Cause we know you could go into one Honda store and you get one experience and you go to another Honda store and you could get a completely different experience aside from the colors in the showroom being the same, the way you're treated from a sales model, the way you're treated from a service model. And so like, I just want to start with that. Like I have immense empathy for an OEM that hands over so much control of the brand that they invest in every day and day out and they need people to look favorably upon. Now, that being said, I think the industry of retail auto dealers in the network have an immense responsibility to do the best they can to serve the consumer every day. And I think that the, the gap and the differences in the way we service consumers is one of the reasons for the bad perception. You know how it is, you go out to eat and if you have a good experience, you don't tell anybody. And if you have a bad experience, you tell everybody. 
You're you blasting know? that. Yeah. And so, and so that is just true in automotive and the auto industry has earned some of what it's gotten. And the, unfortunately, most people don't see it shifting fast enough. From the inside, we know that we could go down a laundry list of amazing leaders and amazing servant leaders, amazing dealers, amazing experiences all throughout the country, right? We, we could do that right now. And so yeah. that's why Kyle and I, and a Soto in, we're saying let's focus on the customer experience. It's not about digital marketing. It's not about fixed ops. It's not about your CRM. It's not about your sales process. All those things matter, but they all have to be firing in the same direction of let's make it the customer experience amazing. And that it means whatever it is that the customer expects, right? Yep. Let's get, let's get there. And that's the only way we can truly band together and fend off against the new entrance and the legislation and all the things that are going to try to break down what has been existing and what we know and we believe will work better than any other model, but we have to do our part. You know, it's interesting because I actually, I was talking to Brian Benstock the other day, the, the, interestingly enough on Clubhouse, and he and I were kind of having a conversation around a lot of other people and the, his assertion is like, hey, agency model's coming, we need to work with the OEMs to make sure that there's a plan where dealers don't get cut out, all this type of stuff. And their leverage point actually is consumer experience. It's really interesting because the whole leverage point of, of the OEM is, hey, that consumer experience isn't, isn't good enough for us to continue to entrust you with as much of the pie as you're getting. It's not just the margins, which they're interested in, it's actually the consumer experience as well. And I asked him this question, it, it was the first time that I've heard Brian Benstock pause in a hot minute, right? And <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like, Hold up, what? Yeah, what did the you day the, the day the world stood still. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, okay, so let's just say that we get it right that whoever like organizes the conversation with the OEMs that are pushing agency model direct to consumer the most, we get it right and they're like, yeah, let's go. And the only caveat is that 100% of the dealer network agrees to a, to a single consumer experience. Do you think the dealer network is, is ready for that? And he was like, <laughs> no. Yes, that's, and that's, that's dangerous. That's that's so yeah. like it's the truth. If, that's real. If we want to play ball as an yeah. industry with the way that the rest of like the industry and consumers are asking us to play ball. We got to have like a little reckoning. That's know, a little an amazing. That is, I didn't hear that story. That's like if they throw the perfect pass and if they give right. us yeah. everything we want, can we catch the ball? Like no. <sighs> No. Wow. Nice. So with that, I was wow. so on that whole thing. There was a there's a video this morning that went viral, and it's a, a, a oh. two kids, and they're in a house that's like the living room, and all the furniture's clothes is it's gone. I don't know if you saw this. I think Sports Center put it on, and the kids down the catcher position has got all decked out in his catcher gear, and he's like, all right, right down the middle, and he just full out fastballs. It goes above his head, right through the drywall, and I was like, that's exactly what happened. I, I wouldn't catch it. It just go right above her head. Mom walks in. And they're like, are you letting him play ball in the house? And the dad's sitting there and he puts his hand down and he's like, don't. And he's like, she just goes, what, what, what is going on here? But like you said, I, I don't think that we, I don't think we could. Mm -mm. Wow. Yeah. It'd be tough. Yeah. Well, that's what we're working toward. That's what okay. we're trying to solve. Like literally okay. that side of the equation, right? We're going to talk about the other things. We're going to talk about the OEM relationships and we're going to talk about how you know, uh, all of that uh, affects the dealer and we've got some strong OEM relationships and strong relationships with NADA. But really what we need is we need this dealer network. We believe 
that when the dealer network does band together, that no crisis can win, no matter whether it's market forces or anything else. Mm -hmm. But it has to do that. It has to actually like put in the work. The dealer network and the industry partners have to put in the work to solve this consumer experience thing and lay down egos, right? Lay down the like, yeah, yeah but my way to highway or all of that type of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. I mean, that's the heart of collaboration. Way. That's the heart of collaboration, right? You can't, it's, it's give and take. You have to be able to let go and listen. And, you know, some, let's just be honest, like real talk, like a lot of dealers aren't ready. And especially because profits are so good right now. And you know what I mean? Like what did Ben Stock, we'll talk about him again. He's a drunk on profit, right? Good times make for bad habits. We've been through a lot of good times. And that, that only inflates the ego, right? When things are going well, you assume it must be something that I'm doing right. Don't tell me you know how to do it better. And we need to like start to zoom out a little bit and look at the collective instead of looking at the individual. Oh, 100%. And, I, and, as, we, and as we do that and collaborate, and, and I, I'm I love how much the collaboration that I know that you all do this and it, I'm so, so, so big on that. There's enough room for all of us. And when someone says there's not, or you, you know, you can't work with them. It's like, what, what, what are you, why are you doing that? So with that, with the customer experience, cause it's not, it's not just the customer experience. It's gotta be the employee experience first, because when employees are happy, that means the customers are going to be happy. So where do you see the biggest challenge with that right now with that employee and customer experience? Is it, is it this, or where do you guys see that experience? I'll, well, Kyle, you just answer. So let's go to Paul. The biggest problem, I think, I think the biggest problem is lack of intentionality mm. and, you know, lack of intentionality on culture and the willingness to actually lean into it and also a lack of intentionality in kind of having your head up and looking broadly around to what is going on in all of retail and even in pop culture and because it's so easy to focus on you know your day supply on the ground or how am i going to like make do with this limited inventory situation and how am i going to make my processes more efficient and it's easy to get tied up in that because those things have very tangible and pretty real time, or at least near real time, like within 30 days, you can kind of see the, the ball moving forward, right? When you make changes and you make adjustments and you make tweaks. And like we said, there's a lot of profit right now. And so focusing on those areas is very just naturally rewarding. And the culture game and the awareness game of what's going on in my community is a longer game. You know, it's like no one plants corn in the ground. I mean, if I live around a bunch of corn farmers, or a lot of dairy farms actually, so they grow a lot of corn to feed the cows. And it's amazing how much activity there is on my road right when spring hits, right? There's big machines moving around. They're, they're moving dirt. They're clearing fields. Like the roads are a mess and they do all this stuff. And then there's like this period where you don't see anything. And then you see the corn, right? And then it grows. And then there's going to be all this activity in about six weeks from now when everyone starts harvesting it. And it's like culture and consumer experience is like grow, planting and growing corn. When the other stuff is like, it's like buying corn on the cob and throwing it on the grill, right? I'm going to like do this little change and I can eat my corn now. So it's lack of intentionality and lack of heads up on actually what's going on in the macro. Kyle, you want to add yeah. anything to that? That's my final answer. That's your oh. final answer. And I, but yeah, you didn't end with something. I couldn't hit it. I apologize. So 
<laughs> no, but no. The, you know, I think that what's interesting is is that there there's not a silver bullet, which is what's hard for people, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would be really easy for everyone to just be like, "Yo, if all you did was do exactly what Brian Kramer did at your main tour of New- Naples, everyone would be fixed, right? Yep. Like everyone use these four systems and this process and implement it and poof, it all works, right? But the reality is, is that like we've got Washington and Vermont and Florida and Arkansas and we've got older communities and younger communities and and credit issues and credit you know high credit like you can't do in many like what you do in minneapolis you cannot do in lower alabama i'm just telling you right now i just know that that's it's just not the same thing and so there's not a silver bullet and so what when paul's saying like you have to till the ground and you have to plant the seed and you have to watch it grow and water it and all that type of stuff it's saying like Okay, you have to dig up and listen to the customer where you're at. And then you have to understand what seeds you get to plant. That's that's the people that are in your organization and the technology and the stack that makes sense to align with those people and the consumers that are that are closest to you. And then you have to water that, which means you have to come back to it repeatedly and sometimes you might have to put fertilizer on it or sometimes you pull you some weeds. Like you got to pull some weeds because there was blockers in the way that you didn't see happening when you planted all this soil, right? And so or planted in this soil. And that's the careful, careful curation that we have to be aware of. And I think what's hard about that is it actually requires an aptitude to change that most people are not ready to swallow. There's there's an aptitude to change that like you have to make these tiny lever pulls and tiny tweaks along the way that are all in a long trajectory that you might not see the immediately immediate like you pull a weed today. Right? Oh, there's if you pull yeah. a weed today, <laughs> right? Siri's like, what? Siri, jump saying? in here. You tell Siri, us what you think, Siri. Yeah. Come on. If you pull a weed out of a garden today, tomorrow you don't see a 10 foot taller sun sunflower, right? Mm-mm. But if you don't pull the weed today, you may never see the sunflower. And so that's, yeah. I think that that's what, that's kind of like to extrapolate that, that example from, from Paul is what we have to be willing and able to do in the automotive industry is be like, adaptable to these micro moments of change that may not make an immediate impact but have a long-term perspective so it's like hands in the ground right and i and, and eyes on that vision are are both important things on a daily basis and then you solve the consumer if everyone's desiring to solve the consumer experience then that means you do it in wisconsin you do it in florida you do it in virginia and now at some point the brand the overall brand of retail auto is positive customer experience. So, so good. Delayed gratification. Right. Yeah. I give it to myself. I gave it to myself. <laughs> you okay we'll with that? It. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take I it. I love it. I love it. No, it's so true. And it's, it, and it, it's so important that like, going back to what both of you said is that you have everyone going in the same direction. So it just takes that one person, and I've used this analogy before, but is you, you're in a boat, everyone's rowing in the same direction. It takes one person rowing in the wrong direction to tip the boat. And so it's just making sure that everyone is going in that same direction to make sure you're going to the same, the same goal and, and to figure out, okay, why is that person rowing in the opposite direction? Is it just simply that the person, hey, maybe the person didn't know the game plan 
the person didn't know, hey, that's the target over there. That's where we need to go. Or simply, maybe you just have someone that doesn't really care. And then, hey, why don't you care? And getting to the root of why the person doesn't care. And just knowing, because at the end of the day, like we're all in this together and figuring out, here's the goal. Let's get there together. And if someone doesn't want to be there, time to trade that person, get them to another team. And so, you know, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. The, the, one of the things that's just coming to mind is this level of practicality, right? Because we can, it, we can, and it's, I fall victim to it all the time, right? Talking about big high level things mm. and- yep. People can be like, that's great. I believe it, right? We should all work together. We should all keep our heads up. We should all have delayed gratification, right? These are like macro principles that we're saying, like overlaying them on the situation. But a lot of people are like, what do I do today? Right? Because when they mm -hmm. want to say like, hey, what's Brian Kramer doing? I'll do what he does. Well, there's a problem with that mentality. It's like, you don't have a Brian Kramer, right? Like he is a critical piece of making that yeah. uniquely work in the way it does. Our interview yesterday with Jim McKelvey, who wrote the innovation stack, you know, he submitted that book to the publisher and they gave it back to him. They're like, I don't know. They're like, why? They're like, it doesn't have any checklists, right? People want checklists. He's like, well, that's not going to get the point across the checklist, yeah. right? Because there is no checklist. It was kind There's of no. his point of the, was kind of his point of the book. And so that's why we are so passionate about cultivating conversation with one another because we found, and I think a lot of the audience will agree, that the most real change happens is through a conversation and collaboration with other people, but mostly conversation that spurs an idea and helps you figure out what it is, what that first step would be for you, right? Because Kyle and I can sit here and be like, here's your first step right? But I don't know your situation, right? We don't know what's going down at your store. We don't know the history. We don't know all the nuances of the OEM. But when you talk about it with other people and hear what other people did and tell them what you're doing, that's where the first step emerges. So it's not, it's not, it can't be prescriptive. And I think a lot of times in the vendor community, we try to be very, very prescriptive. And, and a lot of times I think that's short-sighted and very assumptive that you know the situation because dealers are so different. Right, dude. We're not making you throw, you throwing stones on the Friday. Okay, it's true. I mean, it's how many times you go in there like, oh, we need to know this. I'm like, it does. It doesn't work that way, though. It, I, it's the same thing. I was talking to uh, Dusty Southern actually yesterday. Is it yesterday? And he, we were talking. Dusty, about by the way, can I just say, Dusty Sutherland is doing a great job, and everybody's proud of him. Everybody say that. Okay, I'm sorry. So you were talking to Dusty every, Sutherland. No, everybody is actually. Everybody is. Everybody. And, sure uh, of it. Every, <laughs> and uh, anyways, so he, we were just talking about different, you know, whatever, and uh, it was him and Vasilios, because I'm well, both of them, and we just were talking about, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this up here. Real I quickly. was hoping he was still here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And 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 that just to to, to put take that full circle there, and. It, and we're just talking about a, another a, a auto group and more or less came down and the main bullet point was just that as we're trying to analyze something that was like, you know, we can't analyze that. We don't know the media mix. We don't know this. We don't know this. And, and just say, analyze that is like, you don't know because you, every geographical location is different. How this is done is different. How this is done is different. So to go ahead and like you said, it's not black and white and to say it's black and white, you can't do that. Uh, and just so I 100%, 200% agree with all of that. To every situation is different, and to, you can't just have checklists and go off and checklist things because it, it doesn't work that way in certain situations. So, 
Yes. Maybe if, maybe if we're making pacemakers, right? Then I want a very prescriptive list. <laughs> right? Do it this way every time and always. On that deal. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, for all the surgery Brooks has, yes, I want. I want. I definitely want that to down to a T. Yes. But then, yes. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So uh, before we get into the lightning round question, I, I do have a very important question: Is what is your favorite? What's your favorite kicks? What are you guys wearing right now? Or what is your favorite kicks? Okay. Um, what I what, what I'm wearing right now? Oh yeah, we're pulling this off. Take it right off. Right just take it right off. I got. It's mine. just a okay. So really, <laughs> you know, this is just the the old basic black and white. Oh okay. uh, no, that's a blazer. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You got so the foam tongue. I really like the felt tongue, and I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm an old soccer guy, and so like I really any shoe that doesn't that has the vinyl inside yeah. is oh, that's yeah. that's that's me. So for me, it's either Nike or Puma. Cause that's where I'm gonna find that most often, <laughs> and uh, all the all the Adidas out there are just chunky. So you know yeah, that's that's where, really that's where I live. That's where I live. Shuttle toes. Okay. I am I am wearing Air Force Ones because that's what I because that's what I wear. Um, okay. These were all white when I got them. It was the first pair. I was like, you know what? I saw people customizing shoes, and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna try that. So I bought all the paints and I just wrote Pursue Clarity all over them and had some fun with them. Nice. And uh, well, there right. you go. They're getting kind of scuffed up, but that kind of makes them cooler. In my opinion. Very nice. So there you okay, go. Air so Force One. And blazers. Okay. Uh, right now, um, my office is insanely she's like, hot. She's like, so I don't so, even have shoes on. <laughs> right now, I have right now no shoes. Uh, but yeah, favorite favorite. <laughs> you shoe. can't ask that question if you're not wearing shoes. You can't ask well, that. That's I, not no, fair. I said favorite shoe or what you're wearing. I did the or to, to, to okay. cover my ass well, on that one. What's your What's your favorite shoe then? You have to answer. What's your uh, favorite shoe? Yeah, Air Jordan Eleven, hands down. Not even a question. Ooh, 11's. Air Jordan Eleven. I have, you have a couple. I, you, know, you have a couple pairs of sneakers, don't you? A, a few pairs. I think 11s. I probably had at one point. I probably had like 20, 20, 30 pairs of just 11s. <laughs> I had like the, a, a, <laughs> I had the Concord, like baby Concords. In what year was it? Two thousand. Oh gosh, two thousand. No, I think two thousand. I had them hanging from like my year, rear view mirror. So yeah, I've <laughs> I I love elevens. Yeah, not even. Well, there you yeah, go. Not even a question. The inquiring yeah. minds want to know. That's awesome. Yes, yes, they are. They're, they are my favorites. So, all right. First off, first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show. It's you guys are as always dropping knowledge, and I so appreciate everything you guys are doing, bringing the community together, bringing our industry together, and and just just doing what you guys do. It's Asotocon. Is there anything else that we've missed on Asotocon that we need to bring up to talk about? Um, go to asotocon.com and get your tickets now, especially if you're an industry partner, because we only have like a dozen or so of those left and, okay. uh, that's going to be it. So that's, that's what we want to talk about. We want to make sure we get to rock with everyone in this LinkedIn and Facebook and, you know, Instagram community. We might see you at NADA, but we want to rock with you in person in a smaller environment where we want the people that think the same way so that we can make the message louder. So we hope to see you there. Yes. Yes. And it should be in the show notes. As always, I will post again. And then when this gets reposted 15 other times, it's going to be in there as well, but <laughs> nice. definitely go there. And anyone that hasn't heard about a SotaCon, I'm just, once again, they're taking this conference into a different direction. Not that there's anything wrong with the conferences that have been going on previously. This is just a different way of doing it where I can't remember if it was Cyril that said this. I think Cyril said this, that, Hey, this is something I'd take my wife to like, this is awesome where it's, it's you're there 48 hours you're in 
you're done and out again. I mean, I remember I was texting you both and I was like, Hey, so what? I was like, well, I can come in on one day and leave. I don't have to come the night before. Like it's quick. The, the, the room blocks are very reasonably priced. You're not paying three grand for a ticket. I mean, it's, it's, be there because really all the cool kids are doing it and you want to be cool. I mean, gonna, come on. And we'll have, we'll have black flat brims hair there too. Yeah. So you come on. forget yours at home. We'll have them there. there <laughs> right, anything else on that? Anything that I missed that uh, no, we need to no, discuss? I think that's okay. good. I think that's good. Okay. Well then now, now's the, if, in case it wasn't fun already, we're getting into the lightning round questions. Okay. So okay. we're, we're the, the questions for are for both of you. So normally it's just one guest, but because we have two guests, I got to move my, my water bottle away so I can get here. So uh, listeners, how can our listeners find, find you all? We'll start with Paul and then go over to Kyle oh, on this one. Um, well, I think, uh, find us individually. <laughs> Kyle Mountsier is like, just search his name. Just search the <laughs> name. Sorry. Kyle Mountsier. There's only one find of me. <laughs> LinkedIn comes up first and then all the websites that you can find me on and, you know, message me on LinkedIn and I respond to all my LinkedIn messages. I don't have a virtual assistant for them. So it's actually me on the other side. There you go. Uh, I, I could mimic that exact same thing. Uh, if you, if you want to see a bunch of the stuff that, that I've gotten into, if you Google Paul J daily, um, you'll see a bunch of that stuff because I guess no one else, other, all the other Paul J dailies don't post about it. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. And in the link is always in the show notes, the links, if you click on that link, just like any other, I guess you click on it, it's going to show all of their social profiles and also a Soto and tickets to a Soto con is in that link as well. But you'll also right. find us every morning, yes. Monday through Friday, live streaming on LinkedIn and Facebook and on Apple and Spotify a show called the automotive troublemaker. That's where you'll find us every day and every morning. Same time about same period. Same of bat time. channel. Same bat channel. <laughs> about it. We go, we go live about uh, 8.30, every day. Eastern. Eastern time. Eastern time. And then on Fridays as well, so you've got the uh, used car, all, all, all things, things used cars, cars on, on Clubhouse. And you can hit us, you can find us auto collabs. Uh, that podcast is everywhere you find your podcast except for Pandora because uh, they take three weeks to get podcasts up. Uh, but everywhere else you can find auto collabs as well as on YouTube if you want to watch the video version. Pandora, get your stuff together, man. Hot mess with Pandora. All right. Okay. Outside of work, what is your favorite thing to do? Paul, you answered first. So I'm going to go to Kyle. Kyle, what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Favorite hobby? Watch soccer. I knew that. Soccer. Was what's your, okay. What's your favorite team? I got to follow that up then. Nashville SC uh, locally and then Manchester City internationally. Oh, I okay. didn't know that. I didn't uh, know that. Look at the things one. you're learning about him today. All right, Paul, back to you. What's your favorite thing to do outside of work? <sighs> I don't even have an answer that quick. Isn't that oh terrible? I don't know. My favorite thing? Hang on. I, I, Family? Yeah. I mean, we. that's both it, of our that favorite thing. That's <laughs> both of our favorite That's both of our favorite things, thing, like. right? So, like, we take that away. Ride a motorcycle on a beautiful spring day. There you okay, go. Okay. We'll take it. All right. <laughs> okay. So, you guys are disruptors in the industry, right? So, what is the hardest or best lesson that you've learned throughout your, throughout doing what you do? People misunderstand you when you disrupt things. Hmm. Kyle ditto <laughs> yeah I mean like literally they're like so what are you doing again and it's always with a like it's kind of like with that little questioning eye and and so you, you kind of get those little side eyes and everyone wonders if if you're after them or not and we're not we're not after you so yeah really you know and when we say the word collaborate we mean it 
And when, when it's yeah. disruption, we don't mean to change something that's established. We actually mean to go for something that we believe it should be. It's not an intentional, let's mess all this up. It's a, just let's build that thing instead. And that's kind of what, what ends up being called disruption, right? People don't like that that, that other building is going up. Yep. Yes, and the, the automatic, like the, the target on your back or the you shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's no, it's like, no, we're just trying to actually help the industry. So, yeah. Okay, so... What is, let's go with, what's your, what's your favorite vacation spot? If you have like a one-way ticket or round trip, we'll start with Paul. What's your favorite spot? I'm terrible at this. That's okay. <laughs> I'm terrible. We still this. love you, Paul. We still love you. You have so many other skills. It's okay. This is such a big commitment. <laughs> I'm going to Sandestin, Florida. I'm going to Sandestin, Florida, okay. and that's just the best spot. So that's me. That's me. Or, or the uh, mountains. I love the mountains too. So I go, you, you know. <laughs> So, so okay, sun or Paul, skis, whichever maybe. one. Yeah, I, I, I kind of have a, a beach spot, Ocean City, New Jersey. I grew up going there. Okay. And the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York in the fall. It depends on the time of year. I, I don't think I have yeah, a favorite. Exactly. Time of okay. year. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't go to Thanksgiving at the we beach. We need more that detail, bro. Go to the, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Summer was sun. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Hopefully it's a little bit easier. The show is called facts, not feelings. So whether that's in work or whether that's in personal, what is something you're constantly having to distinguish facts from feelings? Let's go. Uh, Kyle. That's a loaded question. Um, oh, damn it. That's going to be an easy one. <laughs> that's a, that, you were like, this is an easy one. The, the show is called this. So we're just going to lob this softball pitch up to you. Yeah, what do you determine as yeah. facts, not feelings? Um, right. Here you well, go. Here's a load of grenade. Good luck with this one. Yeah, you know it's it's funny because there's this phrase that I hear a lot, and it's it's in God we trust, but in others bring the data. And uh, people say it a lot yes. all over the place. Yep. And for me, I I hesitate at at particular phrase one because I think the front end of that phrase is a loaded phrase already and not everybody <laughs> is in line with what really? I believe about that and yeah. so being a Christian and actually trusting in God for so many things that's <laughs> like a, a very factual thing for me that is the data that's all the data I need but in for all others bring the data what's so interesting is that what people really mean is let me tell you how I interpret the data and and so you constantly have to be kind of like raise like making sure that what you're reading listening to or understanding is actually the data and not someone's interpretation or extrapolation of it and and that's super dangerous especially in automotive data so we say that phrase a lot but you got to distinguish it between facts and feelings uh, uh, we are we have to be the two worst guests on Lightning Round in the history of Lightning <laughs> Round. <laughs> like, I'm going to pan. Next time someone says the words Lightning Round and I'm on stage or have a microphone, I'm going to sheer just panic. <laughs> your eyes wide up. You're just like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. I'm really just trying well, to stall so I don't have to answer. That's Go okay. Ahead. Why are you stall? You he doesn't that. have it's to like, answer. It's so true. It, that's okay. Is that that's why it's so true? Is that I go back to working the facts, and as the amount of times I've had people take facts, and it's like, no, you take in a report to prove your theory. It's like statistics. Any statistic is just ninety percent bullshit. Is that you're you're taking that and proving a theory? Exactly ninety percent. 
is that exact 97.7, I think so, is that you're just, you're taking, you got to pull back the onion and figure out what is real because yeah. So I, I, yes, it's actually true data, true fact, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if I stall long enough or I can just not ask you the question, Paul, if you would like. What was the question again? What, what's something what's something that what's you the, are constantly fighting to 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 decipher that's like a fact or a feeling within business or or, or personal life? Or life like how do you how do you figure uh, out like oh this I is would fact say, this is real or this is yeah, yeah. Every, every morning when i wake up every morning when i wake up facts and feelings are are something i have to be very intentional about when i get up in the morning what am i doing today and why am i doing it there you go. Because I feel Good different job. every day, right? There you <laughs> go. Wake up, you can feel different. I'm very proud of you. Good job, Paul. I'm proud Thank of you. Thank you. <laughs> is everyone proud of me? <laughs> like, I, am. Yeah. I, I am. Okay. Hopefully, this is an easy one. Your favorite. You guys have favorite cars. Please tell me you have a favorite car. Okay. That. Okay. We're we're gonna skip. I, you can ask it. You can ask it. I actually, <laughs> you have can an ask answer it. for this one. I, I'm not a car. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, you know, I drive a Mazda because I wouldn't want to drive anything in the same price point for for you know be, for anything because like I just <laughs> I sucks. I'm yeah I don't want to talk about my rental car experience because I just want to throw a th- I want to throw a rock at because the car. you like okay. too many Toyota dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. Uh, yeah. So you know. If I'm going to drive something in the price range that I'm driving it at, I'm going to drive a Mazda just because I think it drives better than anything else. And, you know, the technology is forward. But I'm not like a, you know, like, I got a 19. I like, love the 1980. It's just perfect car that was ever built in the big that's block. The, that's the, uh, that's the year they did the flux yeah. capacitor on the little yeah, spring no, thing. That's not, yeah. I wasn't a car guy before I was a car guy. Let me say it that I, way. I, so, I can tell. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I have two favorite cars. Number one is a 1987 Honda Accord because it was my first car. Oh. And the car I just I got just... is my new favorite car. It's actually Gary Vaynerchuk's vehicle that he's been in for the oh. last seven years. Uh, I helped facilitate him getting a new vehicle. So I was like, heck yeah, I'm buying that trade. And I got him to sign it. So I'll be, I'll be in that. And so that's my new favorite car. It's Toyota uh, Land Cruiser, 2016 Toyota Land Cruiser. That's a That's a great one. Is that the one that's going to be uh, a graphic with you with a baby diaper on? Baby Gary. On? Yeah, I'm a Gary okay. Gary Vaynerchuk okay. baby. Driving okay. the land. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think I can go. I, that's got, we got to probably end on that one. So just once again, thank you so much for being on the show. And as everyone, I know I've already said this, but please, you've you got to be at this Con. Like this is going to be the, the rebirth of conferences and automotive. So go get your tickets, <laughs> asotocon.com. If you haven't, I... You can't be cool. Like you gotta go. To no, Scotland. you can be. You can uh, be. You can be. Okay, cool. okay. If you can't you can go to a SotoCon, cool. if you can't go, you should sign up for our daily email at a Okay. Because the daily right. email is super fun, and that's a very low barrier, right? Super I, I, low. I just got eighty six on this, so, but apparently you can still be cool. I I I got eighty six on this one, so I guess you can still you be did. cool. So you I, did. okay, all right. We'll let you. We'll just slide. Okay. All right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much again. I so appreciate it. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your week, your rest of your weekend, close out the month strong as always. And as always, as always, please find a way to serve today, find a way to serve this weekend. If you don't find a way to serve today, it can be a kind smile. I don't care what you do. Just find a way to serve someone today, everyone. Paul and Kyle, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day and your weekend and everyone we'll see you all next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Facts Not Feelings with Brooke Furness. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. If you know a friend or a colleague will benefit from today's episode, share it with them. Until next week, find a way to serve someone. Find a way to help your neighbor. Remember, we are all in this together. I